0: Now, here are your hosts, Kyle and Lolita.
1: Hey, everyone, and welcome back to another episode of the Passive Income Through Multifamily Real Estate Podcast. I'm your co-host, Lolita, also joined by Kyle. Before we get started, please make sure to head over to our website, limitless-estates.com, and grab our free passive investor's guide. Also, if you're interested in learning more about what we do, you can schedule a call with Kyle on our website as well. All right, now let's get into our show. Today, Tamara Hermes is here with us. Tamar, thanks for joining us today. How are you?
2: Thank you so much. I'm
1: great. Awesome. Well, I'm excited for the interview, so here we go. Tamar is a full-time real estate investor and educator. She is the CEO of Wealth Warrior Women, where she guides women on how to become financially free by teaching them how to understand the numbers, options, and strategies in real estate. Her friends call her the passive investing queen, and she greatly believes investing is a long-term strategy. To all the guys out there, don't feel left out. This information is for you as well.
3: Join us at the Asset Management Virtual Summit on September 24th through October 4th. It's a 14-day content-packed event for multifamily operators and asset managers with over 1,000 attendees and over 30 amazing speakers. You will hear from experts about investor relations, maximizing revenue, building systems, KPIs, and so much more. Go to amsummit2020.com to grab your free ticket. Discover the best asset management strategies all in one place. We'll see you at the Asset Management Virtual Summit.
1: So, tomorrow, let's get started. And can you tell the listeners a
2: little bit more about yourself and what you currently do? Sure. That was a really great overview of my world. Pretty much spend most of my time as a passive real estate investor now. And also, I'm very committed to educating other women so that they understand how to invest in real estate, what their opportunities are. And I always say educate, empower, own is kind of the the recipe that I think is really vital for all of us, not just women, but men too.
3: Great. So what was your main driver of getting into real estate investing?
2: When I was 28, I was a pretty successful executive in television, and I knew that it wasn't my purpose, that I didn't want to do that forever, but I couldn't figure out how I could stop working And still maintain the lifestyle that I wanted. And so I started looking at what was the biggest driver that was taking my money away, and it was rent. And so I bought a duplex. That was when it all started. Although the multifamily investing, I have to say, came pretty recently, just a few years ago, because I really had just never known about it, which is another reason why I educate because I realized there are so many great opportunities. And there's just a lot of people that have not the right information and just don't know about these opportunities that are really available to all of us to grow wealth.
3: Yep. Couldn't agree more. So with the economy, the way it is now and looking more than ever, especially over, you know, since the last five or six years that we're going to head possibly into a recession, what are you doing differently, if anything, as it relates to your investments?
2: Uh, it's a great question. So first of all, one of the things that we've said in the introduction is that I am a long-term investor. And I think that that is something that we all need to take to heart right now because like any investment, it is really a long-term game if you really want to to grow sustaining wealth, I believe. And so for the most part, I'm doing a couple of things, paying attention to what's going on in, in our world right now. One is I'm looking at any assets that I have that aren't cash flowing as much as I want and looking at liquidating those so that I will be in more of a cash position to seek opportunities. And I'm also talking to a lot of partners and meeting new people to see what opportunities come uh, down the pike, because I think a lot of investors agree that in the next, especially six months, is the number that I hear really often, where I think a lot of us are thinking that there may be some deals on the table So those are a couple of things that I'm doing. I love with my Airbnbs, one of the strategies that my partner took on was advertising our place in Gatlinburg as a Luxury quarantine mm. hideout. And I thought that was great. And I think that, you know, a lot, I think with anything, you know, we want to be as creative as we can. Of course, with multifamily, there is a certain formula that we're going by. And certainly, you know, renters play a big game in that. And it's not an Airbnb. So it's definitely about keeping those tenants in. And that's not something since I'm a passive investor in those deals, I really rely on my sponsors to really um, mitigate those risks. And mm. Not, and strategize around that.
3: I love that answer though. It, real estate is a long-term game, right? And we buy real estate for the long-term play. This is a short-term thing. We'll see how it all plays out. But I think the biggest thing is not to panic and you know, allow your sponsors to do what they do best and manage the property and, and think about it in the long-term for sure. So have you seen any type of negative impact so far? It's pretty early on in this cycle or what we're seeing now, but have you seen any type of negative impact so far?
2: Yeah, I mean, it's super early on. I'm not sure when this is going to air, but you know we're still at the end, just nearing the end of March. And so I think most, most of us feel pretty confident that rents are going to come in this month. Moving forward in one month, four months, depending on, you know, how long this lasts, how much the impact is, we're going to probably see some fallout and some impact. But so far, everything's pretty much been status quo other than the Airbnbs and having to re-strategize those got hit pretty hard, pretty fast.
3: Yeah. What about so from the sponsor's perspective? You're in multiple deals that you've invested in. What are some things that you've seen from your sponsors that they're being proactive, and what, what's been maybe some positive communication skills that you've seen?
2: One of the uh, sponsors that I work with, he said that he was leaning toward holding back the quarterly payments for the month for investors, just so he was in a more comfortable, padded position. You know, at first I was thinking, well, I don't know if people are going to start getting worried about that, but then he was explaining that the reason why he's strategizing in that way is because he really wants to be prepared because there may be some more vacancy than we had anticipated. And he just wants to be able to have those funds. So that was one thing. I'm trying to think if there's any other, I haven't had that much communication with a lot of other multifamily sponsors yet. I think that most Obviously, everybody's talking about if people don't pay, but I think that there are strategies in place where maybe they're going to use, one of the things I heard was that they might use security deposits and having people go on to Rhino so that, um, and Rhino, for those people they don't know, is pretty amazing. Uh, it's a new security deposit insurance that came into play, I don't know how long ago, but it enables the renters to get to get their security deposit covered for only $10 a month, something really nominal. And so I've been hearing a little bit about that. I've been hearing that maybe people will cut the rents for a couple months, and then maybe they will even offer some tenants a little bit of grace just based on the situation.
3: Yeah, I'm going to put you on the spot a little bit here now. So because, you know, these are not times that everyone's been through, really. So what was it like when you first got that email saying, hey, we're going to postpone distributions? And then after you read the email, how are you feeling about that right now?
2: You know, it's interesting. My first inclination was, oh, shoot. But then because, you know, the you know, you're expecting the money to just keep coming in. Mm-hmm. But then, you know, I had to just quickly reset and realize I'm a real estate investor and real estate has risks with it. And anyone that is investing and thinking we've been on, in such a great market that anyone that thinks that we were never going to hit, obviously, we weren't expecting a global pandemic, but that we weren't going to have some sort of fluctuation in the market isn't really being a realistic investor. And I think that it's a really great time to kind of reset yourself and realize that, that there may be some offsets right now. And it makes sense to me. I think that he's looking at the overall picture of you know protecting the assets and making sure that we can survive through this time so i was okay with it anyone that's you know that's kind of living on just those cash flow payments to come in and doesn't have any other reserve, that's also another time to really reset and re-strategize that we don't want to be living with our last, you know, just counting on that $500 coming in in order to be able to pay our bills.
3: Yeah, I think there's two phases with a sponsor. You know, it's it's wealth generation, which is what we mainly focus on. But when there is times of crisis, there's also capital preservation, and that's what the sponsor needs to be thinking about right now is preserving that capital and protecting it to make sure that the asset continues to perform once we're through this. So I love your mindset on that. So switching questions here: Do your expectations as a passive investor? going through a recession period kind of come down, or are you still expecting to see the same types of returns on new deals that you're presented?
2: You know, it's interesting. In the short term, of course, some of the payments I think might be reduced. But I think overall in the long term, especially if you're in a 7 to 10 year hole, that I don't really see why they would change from a 3 to 5 year, maybe the sponsor will call and say, "You know what? I think if we hold on to this a year or two longer, we're going to be in a much better position to sell it." But I think that overall, I feel like uh, when I look at the when I look at any investment, Whenever I see the projections, I always estimate that it could be a little bit lower, and I know that even sponsors do that, but I even go even a little lower because I like my expectations to be lower and then to be pleasantly surprised.
3: Yeah, I love that answer. You're the perfect passive investor.
2: (laughs) Okay, so how do you think Multifamily
3: will do over the next three to five years?
2: What do I think it'll do in the next mm-hmm. three to five years? You know, I think it really depends also on what you purchased it for, right? So if let's say there was a deal that someone got in and they really had so much room for improvement and they were really able to increase rents a lot, those will probably come back pretty strong. If you bought at the top of the market and you didn't leave a lot of room and then now you realize, wow, we really can't raise that rent from 1100 to 1350 there may be a little bit of backlash there. And one of the things that I think that we can think about, which is kind of exciting, which is that even if we have some of those investments that don't perform as well, we're in such a great market, well, not this moment, but I mean, in the next you know, six to 12 months, because we're whenever we're in a correction, there is going to be some deals. And so you figure if you maybe make less on one, then maybe you'll pick up another deal where you make a lot more because they bought it at a really the sponsor was able to pick it up at a really low price. So can average out.
3: Agreed. All right. So I know you do coaching on the space of mindset and and life coaching and other things. So how do you get people over that scarcity mindset and the fear of investing in real estate?
2: Mm, Yeah, that's a big one. Sure. I think that it's we're so used to knowing. We like to know. We like to be comfortable. And whenever we step into that uncharted waters, it feels really scary for a lot of people. And so I think part of it is, one, is taking small steps. So in other words, if you really know that you've got some money and you're sitting on the sidelines and you really understand these opportunities and see how much money could be there for you, then maybe just don't invest $100,000. Maybe invest 50000 Do something where it's a little more comfortable. And then once you get used to it, that, that is one way once we're experienced and it's a little more comfortable, that softens it. The other way is, I think, to ask yourself the question, you know, do I want to be safe or do I want to grow well through real estate? Because at a certain point, you're going to have to jump in. I can hold your hand and sponsors can support you and answer questions. But it's going to be on you to really take that step and sign that paperwork and wire the money over and trust what you're doing. I think those are a couple of key ways.
3: Yeah, you probably already answered it here. But what, was, what are some things you see that hold most people back from achieving their goals? Since you t- you do life coaching as well. So I'm sure you see this a lot. What's the biggest thing?
2: Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, it's all fear. It's fear of not being good enough, fear of failure, fear of success. Sometimes fear of success is a big one. And I think that these kinds of fears really hold us back. And I just, I believe that if you're willing to focus on what you really want, and you're willing to be consistent in in moving forward in that And you're willing to really do the work on yourself. And when I say that, I mean also consistently you know, waking up in the morning and exercising or meditating or calming your mind because a lot of the things that are racing through our minds are just false stories from from our past that keep us holding back. So I think you need to do the work. You need to do the work on your mind. You need to really be open with yourself about what you want. And you need to be consistent. And you need to really consistently, like if you don't, you know, if I want to invest in something, and a deal doesn't work out right away, I need to go to the next deal. And I mean, multi-family investors, I mean, they are notorious for making offers and offers and offers and getting rejected and rejected because you need the right price. You need the right elements in place in order to make a deal work. And they're constantly being told no and keep going after it. And you're just jumping on the bandwagon when they get a yes to be part of that yes.
3: Yep. You also have a coaching program where you mentor women. Can you tell us a little bit more about that?
2: Yeah, absolutely. Uh, Well, there's a couple of ways that I work. One is a program that I created called the Real Deal Formula. And in that, that's a three-month program where I work with women to really work on mindset and also... To, to coach them through getting into a deal that really makes sense for them. So we talk about a lot of options, a lot of numbers, and a lot of strategies so that they are really educated and really feel empowered to, to make decisions to get into that deal And then the other way that I work with clients is through private consultancy and coaching, where I will really look at clients' portfolio and their financial picture to help them get into the right deals and make sure that all the pieces of their finances are covered.
3: Great. Lolita is going to take us into our final four questions. Are you ready?
2: Sure. This episode
1: of the podcast is brought to you by asset protection attorney, Wayne Patton. We all spend a lot of time thinking about ways to make more money. But how much time have you spent thinking about legal strategies to protect your wealth? Whether you're a professional, an investor, or an entrepreneur, you are at risk of being targeted in a lawsuit. Wayne is an attorney who specializes only in asset protection strategies, like the use of offshore trusts. If you'd like to learn more about how you can protect your assets, visit mwpadden.com or assetprotection.law. Mention this podcast and Wayne will waive his customary $750 initial consultation fee. Again, the website is mwpatton.com or assetprotection.law. Or you can call Wayne at 877-727-1092. Call now and get protected today. Tamar, what is the one tool you use in real estate investing that you could not do without?
2: I would say utilizing other people. So I think that it's to me of the tool, the best tool is our relationships and our partnerships
1: can you tell us a story about your biggest mistake in real estate investing and what is the main takeaway for our listeners
2: I would say the biggest mistake it was not really fully understanding the paperwork early on when I bought some properties I just kind of trusted the realtor and I was signing away there's just so many documents you think is this okay you know and I got into a couple of issues where I probably should have flagged and asked a couple more questions there was one property where a month after I had purchased it I got a call from the LA sanitation department, which is not a call anyone wants. And the plumbing had blown up and let's just say it wasn't pretty and it wasn't inexpensive to fix. I ended up having to get in a lawsuit with the owners and won, but it was something that I would have happily avoided. <laughs>
1: yeah. <laughs> All right. What is it that you need to do now to grow your life to the next level?
2: Uh, I would say it's interesting. The tools that we talked about, the reason why people don't get into real estate are the same tools I think we all use, even no matter what mountain we're climbing. So it's still that focus, the consistency and the mindset. And it's just at a different level. It's just, you know, we're just asking different questions. So for me, it's all it's always just rinse and repeat. And getting through the next hurdle. Because every time you open a new door and you don't know what you're walking into, you get all those feelings come up of, oh my gosh, what am I doing? So that's what I think is the best. Lastly, where can people find out more about you? They can find out more about me at Wealth W O M A N W-O-M-A-N.com. And I actually prepared a gift. I'll give you the link for it. So I prepared a gift for the people listening today that I thought would be helpful. It's a 10-step checklist to vet sponsors for multifamily syndication deals. So if you want that gift, you can get it at bit.ly B-I-T dot L-Y forward slash v s. Wow, we really awesome.
1: appreciate that. Thank you. <laughs>
2: However, I can be of service and helpful to get more and more people involved in multifamily passive investing. It's it's really an amazing, amazing opportunity. And uh, there's nothing like having to just walk to your mailbox and photograph the check to deposit it. I mean, that's pretty amazing.
1: Yeah. Well, there you go, listeners. And great stuff, Tamar. And I love the extra focus on guiding women in this industry. So we really appreciate you being
2: on our show. Thank you. Thank you so much for having me.
0: Thanks, Tamar. Thanks for listening. If you enjoyed the show, please go to iTunes and leave a rating and written review to help us grow and reach more listeners. You can also go to the Passive Income Through Multifamily Real Estate Group on Facebook so you can connect with Kyle and Lolita and ask your questions that you want them to answer on the show. Subscribe too so that you can get the latest episodes. Lastly, to stay updated, head on over to limitless-estates.com and sign up for the newsletter. If you're interested in partnering with Kyle and Lolita, sign up on the Contact Us page so you can talk to them directly. Thanks again for joining us. Be sure to tune in again next week for another episode.